All right, everybody. Where to begin tonight? Um, we'll kick it off with the standard intro. Welcome back to the Brews and Belters podcast. I'm Keegan. Um, I'm drinking tonight a Defrosted Nader Maybach Lager from Working Draft Beer Company. Uh, 7.5%, I believe. And this is out of Madison, Wisconsin. Um, it's pretty good. Uh, I mean, standard lager, but a little bit of little bit of heaviness to it um sticks with you a little bit fills that belly up sounds like a new brewery is that a new one we haven't had yeah this is this is one that i haven't featured yeah so that's kind of the goal it's it's sort of tough we've got a pretty good selection at uh shout out rays spirits and wine down the road here up north ave and wauwatosa um they've got a great selection but it can be pretty tough sometimes with just local craft loggers after 200 however many episodes that we've done uh to feature a yeah, new right? brewery each time but um yeah i like this a lot uh i got the tall boys it is pricey i i think four tall boys um you know the pints uh i think it was like 20 dollars after tax so Lo- mean, local terrible. economy local not economy terrible, right there you, yeah you're you're paying for the kids school clothes everything you know yeah you're helping, yeah. You're helping out the whole the whole yeah i'm happy i'm happy to do it yeah i'm happy to do it but uh (laughs) yeah with me as always tobes how are you how you feeling what you sipping on keegs everyone doing great uh so i had a buddy of mine joe who's a listener of ours uh brought me from wisconsin a athens georgia brewery terrapin beer you know i love turtles i love turtles uh and it is a Luau Hawaiian IPA. Uh, it was an IPA mixer pack. So this is a Luau IPA, and it's passion fruit, orange, guava, and 6.5%. It's super tasty. I've been sipping uh, on it about half to three-quarters of the way done with this one. So uh, on the scale of 1 to 10, I'd give it like a 7, 7.5. Pretty good. Okay. Yeah, I'd probably give this a 7 as well. Um, maybe a, between a 6.5 and, and a 7. It's nothing mind-blowing or incredible but it's a good you know podcast beer sipping on it sure enjoying the night so um good weeknight beer i would say uh-huh which is monday so, uh a few more days till the world cup women's uh yeah they kick off yeah uh it's gonna be a tough one i was just telling amanda for those of you who listen and, and might not know amanda's my wife um world cup Qatar was tough because i would have to wake up at like 4 a.m some days to watch the first match and then 6 a.m. for the next one. And then, you know, weekdays going into work at eight to catch that third one. Um, this is just nuts with it being in Australia and New Zealand for a, for a U.S. viewer. Some games are at like 8 p.m. Some games are at like 2 a.m. It's, it's like, going to be uh, wild during the group stages. I think they're 15 hours ahead of us central time. So, yeah, you know, East Coast, 14 hours. That's that's a that's a distance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then West Coast, you know, 17. So yeah, it's it's gonna be interesting. Um, but I'm looking forward to it. And that's really I think the majority of what we're gonna cover tonight. We've shared just some like quick facts in the past, but just to reiterate, so kicks off July 20th, runs through August 20th. Uh, five Asian countries, 12 European, six CONCACAF, four African, three Copa America. Um, Haiti, Republic of Ireland, Panama, Portugal, Morocco, Zambia, Vietnam, Vietnam, excuse me, and the Philippines all making their debut in the Women's World Cup. That's um, eight total, right? 
Yeah, so yeah, eight total. Eight to, eight yeah, because they just they just expanded it to thirty two teams this year, so that's like something right. new. Finally, so, yeah, yeah, which is awesome. Um, so yeah, that's super exciting to have that many teams in their first women's World Cup. Um, so yeah, World Cup twenty nineteen was hosted in France. Saw the U.S. women's national team win the final two 0 over Netherlands. Um, twenty twenty one women's Euros saw the hosts England win their first Euro two one over Germany. Uh, Beth Mead of England and Alexandra Pop of Germany were the top scorers with six goals each in that tournament. Um, so, Toby, I know you've got some like odds for us as far as teams to uh, potential winners, as well as um, I think you've got some Golden Boot odds as well. So, if you want to jump into those, yeah. So, USA, this is they're going for a three peat. They won in 2015 and 2019, so they're uh, going for a triple crown. Uh, so they are the favorites, USA. Then underneath them, uh, the other to round out the like, top six would be England, Germany, Spain, France, and Australia, The uh, one of the host nations. Um, so, I mean, betting odds on that, England is a pretty good bet at plus 350. Uh, they're right underneath the U.S. at, I think, a plus 250 on those sites I saw. Uh, I was looking mostly on DraftKings. Um, so that's a pretty good futures bet. Uh, England at the plus 350. Uh, like you said, they won the Euros in 2022. They've never done better than bronze in the Women's World Cup. Um, but with that being said, I still think that they, I mean, they're one of the favorites, if not the favorite, right right beside the U.S. Um, and then another one I like that's kind of a QC pick is uh, Australia. That's plus 1,200. They're like the sixth odds best favorite uh but they beat things like the third or fourth best um they beat them in a friendly uh just in last february three two so uh they've proven that they can score goals and uh yeah so australia is one of those sneaky picks and they're at home uh you know everyone we we're just talking about how crazy it's going to be for the time change everyone's been there for quite a while but with that being said like it's still you know i i do think home field advantage in in that part of the country is especially prevalent, even Europe, you know, it's a 12 or it's a six hour difference for, for most European countries. So uh, the time change I, I do think will matter quite a bit. Yeah, definitely. Um, and going on those top five odds, do we want to hop right into the group stages and just kind of lay out the uh, what we've got as far as each group? Yeah. So I have the odds, odds for each one. So I'm just going to go through from A through H, since they did expand to 32 teams, uh, Group A is probably one of the best when it comes to the odds, uh, where it kind of looks like the group of death based on the betting. Uh, Norway's a minus 300, Switzerland is a plus 475, and New Zealand is a plus 500, so kind of a split between those. And then the Philippines, you talked about them being one of their first World Cups, uh, they're a plus 50,000. So I think they are the odds on worst team in the, in the tournament so i'm just gonna throw on 10 on them and and just hope that something uh works out I guess. yeah so these odds i'm saying right now are to get out of the group stage and so they pick two from the group stage so it's not the odds on favorites to win the whole tournament just the group stage okay so nice. so norway at a minus 300 but new zealand at a plus 500 you never know they're right there with switzerland uh so group b is australia minus 200 canada plus 195 Ireland plus 1600 and Nigeria plus 3000. Uh, Spain is a minus 650. Japan at plus 450. Zambia uh, 5000. 
and Costa Rica at 50,000. So uh, one more just to kind of round out that side of the bracket. It's England, uh, one of the second odds on favorites at uh, minus uh, 250. And then I had uh, Denmark at plus 1,000, China at plus 2,800, and Haiti at plus 10,000. Uh, so that kind of rounds out that group. Is there anyone from, I guess, those four that kind of jump out to you that you want to bring up real quick before we just definitely, definitely Denmark is ranked 13th in the world. Um, and they were plus a thousand to get out of group D. Yes. I would hammer that considering, I mean, China's ranked 14th. So the, the likely, you know, put up a good fight. Haiti is ranked 53rd first world cup. Um, I would love to see the Haitians make a run. But it is, you know, the odds are stacked against them. Um, so I would, I would throw some money on Denmark for sure. Personally, um, not giving advice to anyone else. I'm not liable for your wins or losses. Maybe your wins if you want to throw me a Venmo. But uh, <laughs> Nigeria were plus. I think you said three thousand. Uh, yes, I think that's right. I'm trying to find. They've got not to jump yeah, too Nigeria. far ahead, but uh, and I always throw. Nigeria, a lot of love, but they've got a striker, Asisat Oshuala, um, striker from Barcelona, 83 goals and like 89 appearances for them over the last four seasons. Um, she's a legend in women's football I, in, in Nigeria, 28 years old. Um, I, I don't know. I, I would I maybe that, that, that's, a, that's one that maybe I would, I would risk, uh, but Canada and Australia as well, like Canada's ranked seventh in the world. Australia's 10th playing at home, really solid squad. That would be a little bit of a reach, but maybe one that, you know, I could throw a couple dollars on and see. If and also I, I don't know the exact number, but I want to say she was in the top 10 for golden boot as well. So they expect her to put up some goals for, uh, for Nigeria this tournament as well, at least in the opening stage. Yeah, those are two that jump out to me so far, um, Group A through D, but I'll let you continue here with Group E. So Group E is where it gets personal for us. We got the USA uh, at minus 350. Um, I think I misspoke about England. They're uh, at minus 2,500 to get out of the – or minus 2,000 to get out of the round. Um, so USA is the odds-on favorite at minus 350. Netherlands at plus 250. They were the 2019 finalists, uh, Keegan mentioned earlier. And then Portugal at plus 3,000 and Vietnam at plus 50,000. So just like the Philippines, first time. Uh, still really cool to see all these other teams playing. Um, Group F, France minus 200. Brazil plus 150. Jamaica plus 4,000. And Panama plus 25,000. And then Group G is Sweden at minus 550, Italy at plus 500, Argentina at plus 1,600, and South Africa at plus 6,500. And then to round out everything at Group H, Germany, one of the other favorites to win it all, minus 1,600, Colombia plus 1,100, South Korea plus 1,800, and Morocco plus 15,000. So some pretty big odds were there with uh, Morocco, Panama, Vietnam, and uh, South Africa. But, I mean, there's some pretty good third, what they're considering the third tier. Uh, actually, one of my sleepers is South Korea and Group H at plus 1,800. Colombia, they have them at plus 1,100. But, I mean, South Korea's looked decent, and they've uh, especially moving into the tournament. And then they have that girl that just went viral with the worldie like last week. And... 
whenever you get goals like that that are gonna just pump up the team, I'm I'm all about it. So Toby, we knew this was coming. You're <laughs> such a South Korea homer. Uh and I love it. I really do love that. They're ranked 17th in the world, by the way. Um, so they are a favorite over, you know, Colombia, you would imagine. Germany, I think, sweeps that group. They're phenomenal. Um, going through that last four there, though, I mean, U.S. women's national team, obviously, Group E, the favorites, big time. Um, the, I th- Go ahead. The, I was going to say the top two goal scorers for the Golden Boot is Alex Morgan at plus 400. And uh, I, we were going to kind of keep this to the end, but I'm just going to start mixing it in. And then the second one on it, which is my, my like, dark horse pick for the Golden Boot, is uh, Sophia Smith, USA, 22-year-old Portland Thorns player. Uh, she's a plus 650 right now, so that's a pretty good payout for mm-hmm. someone who is probably going to get first first start, you know, up top alongside Alex Morgan and uh, can create and do quite a bit on the ball and off the ball as well. Um, and I yeah. think she'll be getting a start over Trinity Rodman uh, on one of the wings. Uh, I think she usually plays on the left. So Yeah. Yeah, bona fide baller. Um, yeah, crazy highlights. If if you haven't seen, go check out some highlights and be ready to watch. She's nuts. Um, one thing that stands out to me, Vietnam, Vietnam, obviously heavy odds against them getting out of that group, but Netherlands ranked nine in the world, really good pedigree, obviously on the men's side and the women's side. Um, and this is kind of their been their golden generation here over the last like six, seven years. Um, and then Portugal in that group as well, ranked 21st in the world. Uh, this was like two weeks ago that I got all these rankings. So things may have changed. Uh, FIFA rankings are always weird, but, uh, Portugal's got in, in my opinion, one of the most enjoyable players to watch in the women's zeros was Jessica Silva of Portugal winger, ridiculously talented, crazy footwork. Um, so I think that's going to be an interesting group just because USA should, Obviously, you know, they're the favorites to to win it and obviously get out of the group. But Netherlands-Portugal, I think, could be an interesting matchup. I mean, if one of those teams slips a little bit with a draw against Vietnam, uh, could cause some waves in that group. Um, yeah. group. I'm pulling up the U.S. women national team. I want to pull up their schedule on uh, what they have because, I mean, that does kind of seem like a Portugal trap game, doesn't it, If if it comes down to it? Potentially, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, potentially, depending on the layout of the games and scheduling. So this Friday, uh, they play at 8 p.m. Central Time. They play Vietnam, USA do. And then they have uh, the Netherlands on Wednesday, and then they have uh, Portugal. Uh, that's to wrap it up. So that might come down to the final game. If I, I assume they would take Vietnam, and then they might sp- split points and draw between Netherlands. Uh, so Portugal might actually matter. Netherlands, Portugal also the draw uh, kind of nervy. And I didn't think the U S when I first saw the, the poll, I didn't think it was that much, but I don't know. Like, I, I don't know if I'm comparing the Portugal men's team to the women's team, but like, I just always think Portugal, they should have really good players and they should be a pretty, a pretty class team. And what are they ranked Keeks? 20. Okay. If, if, if I can get my mute button to work 21st. So um, yeah, definitely a could be a trap game depending on how they come out, and especially having you know the weakest team in the group first uh, can always be a, a testy match, or it can really get things kicked off and firing and build confidence. So you never really know how that's going to turn out. Um, 
Group F, France. I, I, I think I got more joy out of watching France than any team altogether in the women's Euros. Um, they didn't make it to the final, obviously. I, I think they were semifinalists. But um, just a really organized group that was really balanced between physicality and just technical like grace out there um, and skill. Uh, and they've got a fairly easy group. I mean, Jamaica is ranked 43rd, Panama's ranked 52nd. So you would imagine France and Brazil are going to get through there. Brazil, obviously, led by the legend 37, 38-year-old Marta. Um, and then Group G, I think Sweden and Italy. Um, South Africa is ranked 54th. Argentina's 28th. I think I think Sweden has got a pretty – they, I feel like they always have a pretty good squad, you know, especially when it comes to the women's side of it. I feel like they're always in the top yeah. three to three to four when it comes down to it. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I was surprised they're ranked third again. This was two weeks ago, but they're not in the top five or even six of of the odds. So they they maybe slept on a little bit. Maybe check out those odds. Um, not just, I mean, for the group stage. I think I, I can't remember what you said, but they've they they're probably negative whatever. I want to say they were the seventh or eighth best best odds to win the the whole tournament. The whole I want to say yeah. they're like eighth. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then Group H, like you said, Germany is just uh, always a contender. Um, Alexandra were... Pop, yeah, she's a yeah. she's I think in the top five for goal goal scoring, Golden Boot. So she's got goals in her playing at Wolfsburg, uh, yeah. Champions League. They go pretty far, and she's usually always producing for them. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. They're they're talus woman, um, just a complete player too. Physical, technical, hardworking, um, really good. Morocco, seventy two in the world. Maybe we'll see some Moroccan magic again, like we did in the men's World Cup. Hey, Columbia, to be to be seventy two and get into a tournament that they only invite thirty two, that means you're it's doing pretty something pretty yeah. damn good. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, so, should we get into? Do you want to get into like? teams maybe potential sleepers do you want to go straight into individuals that we expect to stand out where, where do you want to go from here i mean yeah let's just go right into i mean i already talked about my sleeper being south korea i think that they could get out if they can get ahead of columbia they can get out of group h um besides that yeah everything else is kind of on an individual level what about you yeah um well, let's I think get I'll into just individuals that's fine okay um yeah, I mean, individuals, this is kind of going to bleed into some of my sleeper teams, so I'll just go very quickly through sleeper teams. Yeah, uh, just do, no, do Nor that, that's fine. <laughs> Norway, um, Caroline I promise Hansen. we organize this shit better ahead of time. <laughs> it just always gets off the rails really quickly. Yep, that's so. what beer will do. Uh, Norway, <laughs> Caroline Hansen, 27-year-old number 10, plays for Barcelona, um, Champions League winners this past season. Um, just somebody who's going to control the match good balance of experience and quality ada hegerberg uh 2018 ballon d'or winner striker from Lyon, 158 goals and 139 appearances since joining them in 2014 i feel like that just speaks for itself um australia not necessarily a sleeper being that they're sixth favorites in odds and on home soil but uh sam Kerr is their star player uh they've been to the quarterfinals and i think the last three world cups or the last two Mm -hmm. definitely a team to keep an eye on and then sweden again ranked three in the world um a tons of pedigree in the women's game experience with uh, uh caroline seager europe's most cap player of all time and then uh playing alongside her in the midfield 
26 year old man city superstar philippa angledal um just stepping into her prime right now after a really good year so Another combination of experience and talent in the attack with 33-year-old winger Sophia Jacobson of San Diego Wave, formerly played for Chelsea, Bayern, Real, uh, and then 29-year-old Fridolina Rolfo, who ended the club season in really good form for Barcelona, scoring the Champions League winner, um, pace, power, precision in front of goal, one of the top players uh, it, it sounds like to watch in the World Cup. So those are a few of the teams. We'll get into the players themselves. So starting, you know, with the U.S. women's national team, obviously Morgan and Rapinoe. Um, I'd like to throw in Rose Lavelle as well. Is it just a personal favorite of mine? Yeah, I um, like Rose Lavelle in the too. midfield. Yeah, and then like you mentioned, Sophia Smith um, and Trinity Rodman up top, which is crazy talent, 22 and 21 respectively. Super young, super talented. Um just fun players to watch too. They're not afraid to do some cheeky shit out there dribbling wise, pop a ball over a defender's head, uh, nutmeg two or three defenders in a run, just exciting and enjoyable players to watch. Yeah. And on top of that, just really good quality, good goal scorers, good passers. Um, so those, those stand out to me for, for the U S anyone I'm missing, Toby. I. Uh... I think those are the main two. Sophia Smith, we kind of talked about earlier. I I really like Trinity Rodman as well. We've shouted her out. Uh, I think at one point she had the highest contract. Yeah. NWSL uh, player. Um, but she's at like plus, I want to say, it's, I'm looking at my notes. Yeah, she's at plus 1,400. So like Alexandra Pop of Germany, who's arguably, really one of the best scores in this tournament is plus nine, 900. So she's plus 1400. So pretty good odds. Uh, she had a. I, I don't know if you want to bet on this. Cause I don't know if she's going to get the start. She right. might get a little bit less playing time than say uh, Sophia Smith or an Alex Morgan. Um, but I think if you allow her to cook, she'll start to cook. Is once she gets on a roll, if she can get a, if she can bag one, one to two goals in in either the first one goal in the first two, or maybe one to two in the in the first three, I think she'll get a start. Uh, even going into the knockout stages. Um, I, and go ahead. Uh, go 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 ahead. No, keep going. I was like, so I mean, I think if she can just get one to two goals, I think she'll she'll take over whoever isn't isn't producing at that point because like what you were saying like i mean she's she's has it like she has the she can hit a worldly from outside the box she can dribble in the box she can produce she can assist she can pass she could do quite a bit uh especially in the 18 and i'm not saying alex morgan can't i mean she's odds on favorite to be the golden boot but i think just having more people like that that want the ball and take on opponents inside their own capital need uh, in this tournament, especially because I think a lot of teams are going to sit back and they're going to play four and five in the back on them and just make them to make them try and beat them off the dribble, not necessarily on a breakaway and whatnot. So. Yeah. That's the thing that interests me about um, the U S is just Alex Morgan and Megan Rapino have been kind of the staples. And now you have this, I don't want to call it a changing of the guard because Morgan and Rapino obviously are still capable but it, it is one of those things where it's like, you know, as we get into the later rounds, 
if these two youngsters are like going off, who, who's to say that they don't take that starting spot? Um, with that being said, Morgan and Rapino have put so much into the team where that's going to be a really tough spot to take. It's not like, hey, you know, you're you're going to go in for a mediocre player with experience. You're going to go in for one of two, like international, not even just internet, but like legends of the sport as a whole. Um, so it, it it's going to be a tough spot to take, but you know, it, it is a, a good luxury to have kind of an embarrassment of riches. Like we've talked about with city and some other clubs um, where they've just got so much depth there. And it could be, it could even play into their advantage where, you know, the starters wear defenses down. And then next thing, you know, Rodman or, or Smith are, are getting yeah. subbed on and, and they're just dancing on people. So Six, the 60 to 70th minute. And that's what these tournaments depth, definitely matters and the u.s have like we were saying an abundance yeah. like they they have people that aren't even on gonna that didn't even make the roster that could probably hang on half of the teams that are here they could start for those you know yeah, like that's how sure. good the u.s u.s women are um i mean that's why they're the odds on favorites but yeah. yeah i i totally think that trinity will probably come off the bench and hopefully she cooks and i mean it would be good for the entire country if she cooks like that's what we want to see. Like we want to have happen. And if anyone bets, you know, a hundred bucks and gets fourteen hundred dollars on her, like so be it. And it was me that told you guys that. So that's where it is. But if you lose, it wasn't him. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, who doesn't want to see a Rodman ball out on an international stage here? Yeah. So yeah, um, oh, that that is funny. Everyone forgets, sir. I even forget that it is Dennis Rodman's daughter. So just, yeah. And she's not, I mean, she's tall, but she doesn't even look anything like Dennis Rodman. Like what I would expect Dennis Rodman to be. Well, yeah, he's a giant. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, Moving on to England, no Beth Mead, their top attacker, uh, recovering from an ACL injury. Uh, Chloe Kelly in the midfield slash she can play forward position as well. Um, Scored the famous Euro winner. Um, Along with Kelly's attacking presence, 23-year-old gunner, Ella Toon. Brings a ton of quality up top. Um, and then defensively, Lucy Bronze, well known for her class and experience in the back, is one of the best defenders in the women's game, alongside Man City's Alex Greenwood, uh, who can play at left back or center back. I would assume, just from the the bit that I've seen of her, that she'll play left back. That seems like her most comfortable position. Very complete fullback, can carry the ball forward, can pick out a pass, put a shot on goal. Um and and just really solid i mean england's just really solid all the way through obviously euro winners um and it's on a pedigree there moving on to germany unless you have any any follow-up notes there for england anyone i, for, no, I forgot to shout good. out uh, no, you're good. yeah i mean tough not to focus on alexandra pop captain talisman clutch personified complete player physical can defend get stuck in on a tackle really technical with the ball reads the game really well um injured in the euro final which was a huge bummer but um she's just the poster woman of a side that's just littered with experience and quality they're the the number two favorites as far as odds as we've covered um and yeah i'm I'm really excited to watch jeremy i'm really excited specifically to just focus in on her and just watch her and her reading of the game um throughout the tournament yeah that's like I think Germany's going to be good. I I don't think that they I I expect Spain to be a little bit better just because Spain and the Euros had some injuries. If I remember right, Esther Gonzalez I want to say uh, who 
who's a striker for Real Madrid. Uh, I think she like hurt her knee, if I remember right, and so she wasn't even there. Uh, and so I, I I don't expect Germany to do that much because they they always underperform. I feel like when the the time really matters, especially in the last like Euros and whatnot, like they were one of our odds on favorites and they didn't make it nearly as far as we expected. So I don't expect too much from Germany, but uh, I mean they are going to be probably at the end of the day they're going to be in the top eight, you know, in the quarterfinals. Yeah, I mean, that leads to Spain next. Um, Alexi Pateas of, of Barcelona, widely regarded as the best player in the world right now, back-to-back Ballon d'Ors. Um, this is I, – I feel like I've said there's a couple of players that I'm most excited to watch, but I, I think I'm going to go back on that statement and just say that she's probably – just like as somebody who loves watching – a midfield maestro she is exactly that her vision is ridiculous some of the passes she makes and i'm trying to move quickly through some of this and then i get stuck on players like this like please go watch some highlights um if you're not familiar with her game and just see some of these passes and some of the vision that she has it's uh it's actually ridiculous um she's the best passer of the ball in this tournament her left foot is just divine. And then along with her in the midfield, you've got Aitana Bonmati, 25-year-old, also with Barcelona, pivotal part of their Champions League run. Similar player to Puteas with really good vision and the ability to kind of control the tempo in a very Barcelona style. Um, it's a duo that, dare I say, feels like a female regeneration of Xavi and Iniesta the way that they can control the game, the way they can pull the strings, the way that they can find the open player, or they can just pop up in the box at the right moments. I mean, we saw in Yesta with the, what was that, 2018 uh, World Cup goal against the Netherlands. Um, just, uh, they're, they're, they're just a cut above. Like, it, they're just so natural on the pitch. There's, there's just a... I, I don't know how to describe it. I don't know. Uh, you can go ahead, Toby. I'm, I'm at a loss of words. I mean, they're <laughs> they're they're just different. They they move completely different in the midfield. It's such a natural position. The game comes to them so naturally, and and they're just such a joy to watch. Uh, so so a lot of a lot of the uh, betting odds had them ahead of Germany than other. It just depended on what site you were on. It was Germany flipped with uh, Spain as the third odds favorite. Um. Yeah, I I just don't know as much about Spain, but what I what at the end of the day, I think you're as good as the competition you play on a day in day out basis. And Real Madrid, Barcelona, they have actual like women club teams, and that matters a lot. You know, England has so many, the U.S. have so many, Spain, Germany, France, they only have so many, and I think Spain Spain has some upper talent when it comes to. Uh, their homegrown players for Barcelona and for Real Madrid, uh, but mainly we were saying Barcelona, uh, that I think, yeah, I, I mean, I, I do expect them to be really good, but I just don't know. Like, I just don't know too much about their attacking talent. I remember some girl cooking uh, on the right side. I remember her cooking in the Euros, and I think she even nutmegged and, like, broke a girl's ankle from England, if I remember right. They ended up losing that game, but uh, I remember there being – quite a bit of good talent on the attacking front, but it just, 
yeah, I just don't know much about Spain, so I don't. I'm 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 not gonna predict them to do much. Honestly, They're, it's like pretty much USA and England in my my book. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, with that, I I think if they can stay healthy, I think Spain and leading into France are some teams I wouldn't mind throwing just a a meager little bet on. Um, France. For me in the Euros, they I, again, I think they made it to the semis, if I'm remembering right. Um, and I was just really, really impressed with them. I thought they were super organized and just dynamic. They're super dynamic team um, that can make you pay for any mistake that you make. And some of these teams that are really organized, you know, England, I think will be a little bit of a kryptonite to them because England is... I don't think they're as dynamic or maybe athletic or or punishing as like the US. Mm-hmm. But I think they're really, really well organized and they play a really clean game. And I think that France could fall to a team like that, but just their quality is is crazy. So and, and on top of that, they've got a lot of players coming back to the international team um that left under their former manager, Kareen uh Diacre. Um, just due to some like personal conflicts. So center back, Wendy Renard, 6'2", pacey, athletic, strong, composed in the back, 34 goals for France as a center back. And she sat out the last few years under Diacre. So that's nuts as a center back to score 34 goals in international play. To do that in, in club play <laughs> is Can't- nuts. Can't defend to save her life, but <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean she's solid in the back, but I mean that, that's crazy to score 34 goals as a center back in international play. Um yeah, Eric mid, Dyer would never do that. <laughs> he wouldn't even Eric he wouldn't Dyer. dream of it. Um Virgil van Dyke, on the other hand. Anyway, we continue, we move. Uh defensive mid, Emendine Henri and forward Eugenie Le Sommer, uh, also back in the squad after Diacre's departure, bringing just experience to an already deadly Euro squad that put on a really good performance. My personal favorite, uh, Kadi Diatu Diani, PSG striker with a relentless nose for goal. Um, I, I think that France is like France and Spain to me, stand out as as fairly safe bets to i'm not gonna bet the house on it but i'm i'm flirting with you know throwing a a modest bet out there on those two to win the entire thing um because it it just feels like barring injuries they've got the quality to do it and who would you uh who would you bet on france or spain and how much i think honestly i'll probably do both because i'm a scared better but um I'd, I'd say probably 20 to 30 on each just to see, you know, I mean, Spain's plus what, 700 and something like that. And um, France, I think is like plus 800. So, I mean, nothing crazy. Like I said, it's the world cup. You never know who's going to get knocked off, but just throwing a little bit of money on and, and seeing what comes back from it. Um, I think feels fairly safe for me. If if I want to get really risky, we'll get into that as we go further down. So, uh, well, do you have any let's, any no? Let's any just get additional? into that risk. Let's get into that further yeah. down riskiness. So I mean, Australia. Um, we've said you know home soil. Sam Kerr, Chelsea goal scoring machine, considered one of the best goal scorers of all time in the women's game. She's main, maintained that reputation everywhere she's been, especially as of recent. Chelsea. Um, she's one that. Uh, 
stands out to me as a potential, you know, golden boot winner. And well, plus if 750, yeah. number three, number three on the list at plus 750, right below two USAs. So technically, if they just score goals, she should be on it for Australia. Yeah. They, she just needs to score goals and she'll be on the list. <laughs> no matter what. So, <laughs> that's what it boils down to. And then going down from there, um, Portugal ranked 21st. Again, I don't necessarily expect them to to make a run, but I just want to shout out again. Jessica Silvers, one of the sauciest players in the world. She showed out in the Euros. Um, and I just look forward to watching her in the World Cup. I don't know much about Portugal outside of her, but um, I mean, one of the one of the most enjoyable players and creative and um, yeah, I mean, just just one of the most like dynamic players in, in attack uh, that I saw in the Euros. And then Brazil, I think ranked ninth in the world. Um, if I scroll up to my notes, I can confirm, but led by Marta, 37 year old legendary number 10. This is her sixth world cup. Um, can pull the strings, can st- step up in big moments. Yeah. I mean, for that. Yeah. That's, Holy that's crazy. Shit, that, that is a record. It's gotta be, there's no one, not even, Ian Robin did that. Like no one feel <laughs> differently. No one did that. No, that's way too many. And then kind of getting into uh, like getting getting into like um some of those <laughs> not so much sorry, awkward pause. So awkward, yeah. Awkward pause. <laughs> uh getting yeah. into like some of those teams that Again, I, I wouldn't bet the house on, but like less favorites than France and Spain, Australia, or I'm sorry, um, Sweden and Norway. So starting with Norway, Ada Hegerberg, um, 2018 Ballon d'Or winner, striker at Lyon currently, like I said earlier, 158 goals and 139 appearances, like. That's ridiculous. That's over a goal a match. That that's, that's, that's early in the launch. Yeah, that's that is outrageous levels of goal scoring. Um, and I don't know a ton about them outside of her. I know that they've got Caroline Hansen, who I mentioned earlier. She's the number ten pulling strings. I don't know enough about their defense, and that's going to be such a huge part of them making a run. Like, yeah, they can score goals. Yeah, they can get forward, but. You know, like as far as betting on a, a, a golden boot winner, you have to take they, that into consideration. They're, they're, how many matches are they going to survive? You know? Their own gaffer is like, we don't know much about our own defense right now, but we're still <laughs> we're still feeling pretty good about up front. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, I they're a, a potential. I guess you could say sleeper. I mean, I wouldn't even call them a sleeper. They're they're highly ranked and and they're a good squad, but. Um, let me see. I'm I'm trying to remember exactly where they're ranked overall. Um, bear with me for just a second, if I can uh, read my notes here. Take your time. We're gonna do this whole rundown. It's just gonna be U.S. women just walking through the entire competition. That's what I'm kind of hoping, but you know, we'll see. Europe's tough, man. I don't really, I'm not scared at all about the Asian countries for the most part. But well, Europe, besides South Korea. So South Korea as a dark horse and then Australia, because that's considered part of the like Asian coastal area. 
But yeah. Uh, yeah, pretty much USA, then all of Europe. That's what I'm scared for. Did you get your numbers you need? So, <laughs> Norway, I've finally gotten through it. They're ranked 12th, so just assuming their defense has to be at least halfway decent, um, you would imagine that they might make a run. But, uh, again, I mean, firepower up top, it seems to be the focal point with uh, Hegerberg. But assuming they make a run, that could be a shout for a potential golden boot sleeper as well as just a, a potential tournament sleeper to make it far. Um, and then Sweden. Uh, again, Fridolina, Rolfo, and they've got, you know, several other players who have, who have kind of stood out um, that we, that we walked through earlier. They're ranked number three in the world. Um, and somehow they're not in the top five odds. So experience again in the midfield, uh, Caroline Seeger, Europe's most cap player of all time. Um, and then Philippa Engeldahl as well in the midfield with her, so they've got talent in the midfield and up top. Again, don't know anything about their defense. So that's that plays a major factor. That's, but, um, they're, they're in the ultimately in the group of death. I mean, it's them, Switzerland, and New Zealand. There's not much of a difference between Switzerland and New Zealand. So it's three pretty evenly matched teams. And then the Philippines, who I think they'll probably get dog walked out of there. But Switzerland, New Zealand, Norway, you never know. So Yeah, yeah. And then uh, I already shout out. Nigeria, but um, Asisat Oshawala, striker from Barcelona, crazy goal scoring record for them, um, and just a legend in Nigeria. They're very low ranked, so it, it, it may be a one woman show, but uh, excited to watch her play and, and hopefully bag some goals. And then uh, with that, Switzerland's Alicia Lehman um, of Aston Villa, um, very well known by uh creeps on instagram uh but also a, actually a very very good footballer as well so uh don't don't get distracted by the uh the thirsty folks on instagram who who hype her up just for her image um she can actually ball out as well so okay uh that i mean that concludes everything i have keegan i'm not gonna lie I think we just gave people enough money to at least if they bet $30 to make at least maybe $35 is what I'm Hopefully. hoping for. Uh, if not, we're not liable. Bet England or U.S. and then maybe bet Sophia Smith, Trinity Rodman from the U.S. If you want to bet, what'd you say, Sam Kerr from Australia? Is that what you were kind of going with or any other? Sam Kerr. Yeah, okay. yeah. I like Sam Kerr. <clears throat> Australia. Yeah, I, I just don't – I don't know how far – it's all about – about who, who do you think can go as far as goals for those teams that do? That's kind of the whole the whole premise of this, and that's why gambling sucks because I have no idea. <laughs> so, exactly. how, like, do you really think US might wet the bed? Like, before we switch to the transfer market, <sighs> I mean, because they play Netherlands, that is that's a tough game. Portugal, eh. yeah. I mean, the more Vietnam, we talk about not, it, but. The more we talk about it, that that Portugal match does seem like a little bit of a, a trap there. But no, I, I am, think am I panicking? Is, the, am I panicking the, the audience or the panicking. listeners freaking out? I I think you're panicking. Um, I think they'll be fine. But uh, definitely a tough group. I mean, Netherlands, Netherlands, Portugal. That's that's a difficult group to get through. So we'll see what happens. Um, you want to move on to transfers, or you got any? Any further notes? There? No, let's just hammer them out real quick. Uh, what's the Premier League look like, Keeks? Anything? 
I don't I don't have anything organized by league. I just have confirmed transfers and rumors. So I'll I'll let you kick this off here. Even no, I have none, honestly. So even better. It's like just give me your list and let's talk. <laughs> All right. So Onana confirmed to United. Um, that's gonna be an interesting signing. Good stopper. Um as well sweeper. As, well, Sweepers. yeah, I mean good stopper of the ball, good goal stopper. Um, but yeah, definitely like a sweeper keeper type of player. Well, he doesn't come out quite as far as like a Neuer, but you know, plays with his feet really well, isn't afraid to, uh, to get out there a little bit. People have talked about him as like a defensive mid type of goalkeeper, you know, who can pick out a pass. He kind of draws in a little bit of a press and then he'll play a long ball. He's got good vision, can play a, a, a good ball out, um, a little bit of a heart attack here and there, our boy Eduardo that was on was a huge uh, United fan and also a huge United critic. Um, Onana is going to give him some heart attacks. I've already told him he's not super in tune with Serie A. And I was like, yeah, go watch some Inter highlights. He's done some amazing things, but he is going to make you shit your pants a lot this season. Um, Juan Cuadrado from Juventus to Inter confirmed. Um, Angelo, 19-year-old Brazilian winger, signed to Chelsea for 15 mil from Santos. Expected to be loaned out. Um, Strasbourg is the rumor of where he'll end up. One that we flirted with last episode, Tijani Reinders to Milan, official. Um, rumored last pod, like I said, Milan is just only signing handsome young ballers after getting rid of our sweet, sweet Sandrino. Totally okay Kyrie. with that. Totally okay with that. Yeah, I mean, it's Milan. Uh, Croatian goalkeeper Dominic Levokovic who was a standout in the World Cup Qatar, joining Fenerbahce from Dynamo Zagreb for $9 million. Um, I think that's maybe because he's – he's. I don't want to say he's old. I think he's like 29, maybe 30, 29 probably. Um, but I'm kind of surprised by $9 mil. That That feels cheap. But um, regardless, Fenerbahce Go- got a good one. <laughs> Was it a goalie? Yeah, yeah, it? goalkeeper, Croatian goalkeeper. Yeah, the uh, twenty nine. I think you can goalkeep into like thirty three or thirty four is usually the range you start to put him out the pasture. Peace out, Hugo Lloris. Love you, buddy. Um, yeah. So. Yeah. Um, Seiko Fofana, twenty eight year old midfielder from Ligue Club, lands to Al Nassar. Colombian goalkeeper David Ospina to Al Nassar. Anderson Talisca, twenty nine year old Brazilian midfielder to Al Nassar. Um, motherfuckers are chasing that. What were you? I was gonna say, what were you just on their Twitter right now? Just, just yeah, they are just scrolling and, uh, up through their their digital uh, picture rendering that they're doing. <laughs> We've got other booze to cover, but uh, man, Cristiano Ronaldo. If you've been on Fabrizio's page at all today, Cristiano Ronaldo's had all these quotes about. Yeah, they said I was he's, crazy for going to the Saudi Pro League. Look what I did. I opened the door. He's like, he's feeling he's, himself yeah, right now. He's, like he's, he's purple eggplant emojiing this entire thing <laughs> the entire time. Purple yeah, eggplant, man, it's purple all yeah. about him. And Messi had his unveiling last night, and he's just like, man, I gotta, I gotta hit the keyboard real quick. I gotta get out yeah. here and uh, sure, why not? Dick, so, uh, William officially resigned as a Fulham player. After like two weeks of quote unquote free agency, good, good, good business, right yeah, there. Absolutely. He's a good player, fits the system. I love that, yeah. Um, and then uh, Mitrovic apparently, this is a rumor, but flirting with the idea of um, I can't remember actually which Saudi Arabian team. I think it is. I think yeah. it is. 
mean, there's uh, but, only like four big big movers in the, the four big Saudi ones Arabia. yeah the four big ones um and i think it was on the star and he's uh he apparently agreed to personal terms but um i guess that fulham Wouldn't said you? no so we'll see what happens yeah. there peace out keep out take the scenic route dude why would you sure why yeah, would fulham absolutely. like why wouldn't yeah. they that guy has goals he was injured half the season and he was their best goal scorer like why would you get rid of that Fulham wants to stay up. They, I don't mean to say it bad way. Fulham had a shockingly good defense this year. Shockingly good. Because I don't think Tim Ream can do that again. He's 33 almost. Looks like Thor, semi. I don't think he can do that. And so they are going to need more goals to be scored. And he was injured half the season, and he was still their like top goal scorer, I want to say. And they got rid of Solomon. Tottenham poached him on loan. So they got him. And like, I mean, yes, they re-signed William. That's about it. They're gonna need goals up top. Like, they don't have that. And I, th- I want to say they had a uh, Carlos Vinicius, the old Tottenham guy, was their like backup striker. He's not a great proven goal scorer, and I don't even think he was signed permanently. I think he was on loan. So they, yeah, I don't, I don't think they can physically give him away and expect to be in the top sixteen this season. Sixteen, I think. I want to say that, what they end up. What they end up top. Top nine were they? I think they were eight, nine, yeah, eight or nine. nine. Yeah, so I, I don't even know if they'll hit thirteen or fourteen if they yeah, get they rid of him. Off, yeah. If they get rid yeah. of him, yes, I truly believe that. Like he 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 pumped goals for a good portion of the season. Oh, yeah. Fulham was flying, and when they were flying, it was him scoring goals. Yeah, and he sat out like nine matches due to the red card ban. So um, sure, Why yeah. Not? I mean, they they got to hold on to him. Um, Bournemouth. Snuck in on Milos Kerkes, who had reportedly agreed on terms with Lazio. Mm, um, talk, talk dirty to me, Keegan. Yeah, I will keep <laughs> talking dirty to you. Another Hungarian after the Szoboszlai side Liverpool. 19-year-old um, left back. Uh, and I've, I've seen some highlights, and the kid is baller. He's a spark plug. Everything it's you even, want a left back. It's even better you're in a gold chain and a black beater right now. Talking, <laughs> talking about teenage talking Hungarians, about Hungarians. <laughs> going, go, going to different European clubs. Ah, Milos. <laughs> yes. Uh, no, he gets forward a lot. Super attacking. When you see his highlights from his current club, AZ Alkmaar, who um to Johnny Reinders of of now of Milan came from uh in Eredivisie very pacey very aggressive can whip in across can can also be found on the end of a lot of runs in the box he's not afraid to get in there and put a shot on um or play that final ball so I think that's a nice pickup for Bournemouth and then uh Musa Diaby rumored to Villa talks that if that falls through they'll sign Jeremy Doku so we'll see what happens there. Those are just um, some of the quote-unquote confirmed. I know I un- ended that with a rumor. But uh, getting into the rumors here, Toby, do you have any notes? Of- Villa t- Villa just wants to cook. And no, I don't have any notes on rumors or anything. Uh, but yeah, there's a lot, of, a lot of teams that still have some money, I think, to spend. And I expect over the next two weeks, there to be a few things. Uh, the only rumors I'll like, personal rumors, uh, is... Zevi, what's his name uh, from PSV? Simmons. 
yeah, Zevi Simmons is, uh, I guess, going back to PSG, and but they're looking to either keep him if they can't have Neymar or Mbappe, but if they can keep both of them, then they're going to trade him. So there's possibility trade. And why I'm saying that is because I still think Harry Kane will be sent somewhere. I don't think he'll be a Tottenham player at the beginning of the season. Uh, Are you going to give us some weird conspiracy theory where Xavi Simmons ends up at Tottenham? I do. Yes, oh, I do. God. I think I think he will end up at Tottenham with uh, 65 to 70 million on top of him. Wow. And that's 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 what and that's wow. what you get and that's what you get for Harry Kane to go to PSG. That's a Tobes bomb right there. Woo! Um Woo! wow, wow, I hadn't really thought about Kane to PSG, but that would make sense. I've just been so Bayern and potentially United focused, but specifically Bayern focused where I've been completely blind to that. I will say I think Kane would be exactly what PSG needs. No nonsense. Let's go out and get a trophy. I'm not going to fuck around with doing Jordan photo shoots. I mean, obviously he'll do them because he's going to be forced to, but that's not why he's there. He's there to win a trophy. And maybe it it uh, puts a little fire under Perks. some of those other players' ass. Yeah. And um, I, I think if they can't get Kane – I think they would be crazy not to bring him back. I, I fully believe in Javi Simmons. Um, I I think some of these quote-unquote wonder kids that get labeled that before they've even hit puberty and then people write them off when they're like 16 years old and they haven't conquered the entire world, I, I think that's insane to me. Javi Simmons has matured unbelievably mentally, physically, as a player, as a person, like uh, – what he did in the Eredivisie was phenomenal. He was a joy to watch. Um, I have heard rumors to RB Leipzig, um, pretty convincing rumors. So I'm really curious to see. I hadn't heard anything about PSG maybe bringing him back and and uh, floating him out there for Kane. I do like that idea. I would love to see him in the in the Prem. I wouldn't want to see him make that move too soon just because I feel like there's so many players, another Dutch player, you know, Memphis you, Depay you, made that move very early. You really think early. Tottenham would wreck this player? It, well. You, you think Tottenham would ruin this guy? Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, an Australian at the helm. Who knows anymore? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't mind that, but I, I would love to see him play in the Prem. I just, I'm I'm always cautious with players that I, I really love watching play. So make a so, move potentially too early. Okay, so let me say this isn't er too early, but a player that you love watching the Prem, Kyle Walker, possibly going to Bayern Munich. Are you okay with that? You like that? Yeah, because he's fast and he's strong. And I, I, I don't want to shit on Kyle Walker. I think he's a good player. He's a great player. I think he's a I think he's a great athlete and a good player. And the athleticism and the strength and the physicality makes up for a lot of what he lacks as a footballer. I I, yeah. I still think he's a very good player. I think we call that a good player. Like good players, yeah. what they lack in brain, they make up in brawn. Like that's I, think I don't think normal. it's necessarily what he lacks in brain. I think he's smart. I, I think it's a skill thing. But again, he's he's a right back. He doesn't necessarily have to be this like delicately like beautiful poetic player um yeah. and I, i'm not trying to hate on him i just you know when you when you think about like the best fullbacks in the world like i think about a guy who can really whip in across and has great vision and can play like a diagonal ball there it is the diagonal ball quote um 
And I don't think he's that guy, but I, I still think he's a super valuable player. And I love the idea of him going to Bayern because I think his physicality and his work rate will shine there more than it would in a Pep Guardiola system, which is so dependent on just quality on the ball um, and, and just pure technicality. I, I, I think a move to Bayern would be great for him. That's all I had for rumors and everything else. Um, I will run through a few really quick. Lukaku could be going to Juve if Vlahovic goes to PSG or Saudi Arabia. And they're they're talking about a USMNT Balagoon possibly being a Lukaku replacement as well at at Inter because of that is that that is when I had you said you had no rumors and here you are. No, that's these are just in the brain. I don't have them. None of these are written (laughs) down. This is just it's just natural, organic. All natural. Chelsea pushing for Moises Caicedo, which is interesting. Just Chelsea and Arsenal going through these like weird chess matches where they Chelsea threw out an offer for Declan Rice. Um, West Ham said no. Arsenal bidded more, and now Declan Rice is going to Arsenal. Um, United still going for Holyun, which we discussed last week, and apparently they're working on Amrabat from Fiorentina, the Moroccan holding midfielder, which I think is interesting. He could play because Casemiro's their holding mid. Yeah. Phenomenal last season. I think he could play an eight and relieve a little bit of that work rate from Bruno Fernandez. Well, and then on top of that, they got the depth of Ericsson to come in and play either one of those roles. So they had both of that, and they also had rumors of Fernandez leaving. I don't think he's leaving. I think he's going to be the I, captain for yep. the next like six years, in my opinion. And I think Fred is I, – I do think Fred will leave, and I don't know about McTominay, but that leaves a huge hole in that like holding defensive midfield position, and that Armabat would play that perfectly – He's done it at Fiorentina where he's been sexy with their sexy ass kiss that they just came out with. But then he's also was awesome. Uh, I want to say at Morocco, uh, yeah. his national team. And <clears throat> so he's proven that he can play at a big stage, big level world cup. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. And pure quality. Uh, yeah. I would, I would love to see that actually. And more yeah, whatever. It's all good. I, yeah, I, I think he's a player who would do really well transitioning from Serie A to the Premier League. He's super physical um, and just really smart, really technical. And, I think he would be a really good fit. And with that being said, to counter that, I think that would be a huge loss for Fiorentina, who at times two or three seasons ago was up there, but they're middle to they're, – they're barely even top eight at this point in the – in Syria, and so that would be, I think, a big blow for them to lose them, uh, lose him. And uh, yeah, I just, I mean, I like Fiorentina. They have, they're kind of like Aston Villa of the Premier League, where they have these like weird Sunday night or uh, Saturday afternoon games in in, in the U.S. You know, because that's how the time changes. So they have the weird like uh, Friday or Sunday games, and so you always have a Fiorentina game on and. Yeah, I think that'd be lacking not having a Fiorentina team that's that good in the Serie A. I think it'd be a big hit for the the league as a whole to lose a midfielder like that. Yeah, one of those. Damn, that was that was deep, wasn't it? (laughs) It was. He's one of those new players that holds them together, and it's it's one of those things where like 
you know, Germany, Bruce Dortmund gets seen in that scope a lot where it's like, you've got these players that are club favorites and players you love to watch when you tune into a Bundesliga match and you see those players for Bruce Dortmund and then they eventually move on to another team. And it's like, man, <laughs> then, they, lo- then, then they pay a hundred million dollars to go to Real Madrid. And you're yeah. like, what happened to our best looking guy on our team? Everyone <laughs> loved that guy. He was so nice. He was so charismatic and charismatic. Charismatic? Is that yeah. a word? Charismatic? <laughs> charismatic and charismatic. Charismatic. But yeah, I mean, it, it, it would be a blow. It would be a little bit of a blow to Serie A. And same thing with, you know, Chiesa stayed in Serie A and went to Juve, but still like a little bit of that Borussia Dortmund type of feel to it where it's like, okay, these like your your world-class young players getting in, in Chiesa, I mean, not Emrabat, but yeah, he's getting kind of like, like coached. Almost. Yeah, he's yeah, he's getting up there. Which would be a great signing to go alongside Casemiro, honestly. I, I just I would be interested to see how they how they work out that midfield. Obviously, you can't have too much depth, but I think him and Casemiro and then Erickson and Fernandez, I think that's a really nice balanced midfield. And then Fred, I assume will go to Saudi Arabia. Um, I would love to see him go back to Brazil, but we'll see what happens with him. I mean, he he could go to like a Fulham or something and be uh, uh, 38 Ooh. matches out of 38 match days midfielder instead of sharing playing time with these other guys. So, that I mean, that's the great. other thing. I, yeah, I, I would I would love to see that. You, you should yeah. general manage a place sometime. Keith. I should, yeah, yeah. I just need like 800 million more dollars in my bank account. Maybe it'll it'll uh happen someday where I'll be director of football at Fulham. Say no more, fam. <laughs> we'll start a GoFundMe actually. You'll find it in the link of this. <laughs> um getting back into it. Uh Fabinho rumored to Al Idihad. Um Henderson also rumored. I can't remember which which Saudi team, but he's <laughs> you didn't there, even acknowledge which it, did is you? Just wild. It's it's just him going to Saudi Arabia is gonna be insane <laughs> to, from a, a culture to, shock standpoint to, to translate for steven gerrard that's why he's going there oh my god <laughs> they'll both be looking at each other cross-eyed it'll be it'll be it'll be horrendous they'll both be sacked within three weeks oh, uh they man. won't even make it out of training <laughs> the podcast episode has gone off the rails at one minute that's crazy Oh That's my God! No, gonna be nuts. Jordan Henderson yeah. cannot go there. <laughs> the only thing worse would probably be Harry Kane going to to Saudi Arabia just because uh, no one wants to see Harry Kane there. Like Man. no one. So Jordan Henderson, no way he can't go. He can't. That's the rumor. So I hope he goes uh, for nineteen million. Nineteen which, million. By the way, I'd be fine with that. Like I'm. I I love him. I love what he's done for the club. He'll he'll go down as a legend for me. He'll go down as a very loved player, but it's time to part ways. But it feels like I, I would have loved to have seen him go out, like make this decision before the end of the season where he could get a proper send off like Milner and Fabian or Firmino. Um, I, I would have preferred that just from a, a club standpoint. But regardless, if we can get some money for him, Go ahead, Dude, man. This, I mean, he's he's done his bit, and we need to get money for him. This this guy's going out on the weekend shift. He's going to double up. He's making that extra cash. Like he's yeah, this is he's going to make so much money going to Saudi Arabia. And good for way him. more. Yeah. He honestly, I don't mean it's in a bad way, but I don't know if maybe a few of the clubs in the Prem would take him, but he would 
have to go champions championship or outside the country, I would assume, because I don't think that many clubs in England need that sort of midfielder. You know what I mean? I mean, like, from, I'm not saying he can't hang, yeah, but yeah. I don't think on a regular basis they would offer as much money as what a Saudi Arabian club could. Absolutely. No, you're, you're dead on with that. And I, I mean, from like a poetic, like romantic standpoint, I'd love to see him go back to Sunderland. Um, but it's just like, he's not quite at that point in his career where it's no, like, hey, two, man, two to three years. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like, Hey, you've fallen off to that extent where you need to go to Sunderland. No disrespect to Sunderland, but like this guy's been captaining Liverpool for, yeah. for the last several years, you know, he's, he's just not at that point yet. Um, but uh, a move to Saudi would be a, a, a strange, like, uh, for me and uh, thousands, hundreds of thousands of Liverpool supporters across the globe would just be a, a weird thing to have happen. Um, anyway, Mane, Shadio Mane, speaking of uh, Liverpool legends, uh, being targeted heavily by Al Nassar. Um, Mara is being bid on by Al Ali and Frank Kessier being targeted by Juventus for his sake. I hope this happens. I thought he was great at AC Milan and he just kind of dissipated into thin air at, at Barcelona. He, he was hot before he was hot. Before. He was hot. He was a hot boy. It was a hot yeah. boy summer. He signed with yeah. Barcelona. Loved him. Uh, I would like that too, and especially if they're going to get Weston McKinney, but they're going to have Timothy Weah. I want someone in the middle that can focus on my boy Timmy Weah, and that could be Frank Kessie, you know, just hanging yeah. out on that back end. So, Yeah, and then you already covered it earlier, but Balogun being targeted by Inter Milan. Other news, Ari Maguire. Announced he would no longer be captain. <laughs> We're doing accents right now, United. by the way. <laughs> <laughs> no longer captain of Manchester United. Um, I'm going to give him a cheer. That's what I was going to say. Like, are we he, doing cheers right now? All right. I think he handled it really well. Um, he handled it with grace. He's been under a ton of criticism from us and hundreds of thousands of other people across the globe. Um, and he's one of those dudes that you love to hate, but... He has remained very professional in that changing of the guard. And um, all power to him, man. Whether he stays at United or moves on elsewhere, I never thought I would say this, but uh, best of luck to Harry Maguire. I would love to see him go back to Leicester City. I would and, love to see that as well. Re revamp that, revamp that team. Or I, Watford. I, I, <laughs> Or Watford. I have two uh I have two cheers. Uh first one is for the USL. Uh it looks like they are going to be adopting a promotion relegation for the second, third, and fourth tier of the US. I'm not saying the MLS, but I'm saying USL. So I'm not I don't know if it's gonna be its own league from here on out or if the MLS will adopt two teams in or one team in. That's how you like get the gateway. You don't just have to have a bunch of money to like open up a uh, Austin FC per se. I don't know. Like I, that's why I'm, I'm interested to hear how this goes and how it gets voted on. But uh, I guess my two cheers are for ideas. So this one is for the USL looking at doing promotion relegation. My second one is for the MLS commissioner stating this week that uh, he wants key changes to take place. And specifically one of the key changes that 
uh, all of the fields in the MLS have to have real grass fields. They uh, currently there's five teams that have artificial: Seattle, Portland, at Atlanta, New England, and Charlotte. They all have a uh, like astroturf, and so that's one of the things. I think this is a messy effect, in my opinion. I think uh, Messi's pretty much let it be known that he's not going to play twice a year at a place where he can tear his ACL X percentage higher. Uh, I, I think if you compare fields to turf, I don't know what the main difference is, but from what the numbers actually stay is the percentage is higher of hurting your ankles or knees on a artificial turf compared to regular grass fields. So let's get rid of it out of the MLS. I think, Everyone has the technology to keep grass growing in the Northwest Pacific. And so Seattle, Portland, like those teams should be able to easily handle this. Same with Atlanta, New England, and Charlotte. Like just water your shit more. That's all it comes down to. My backyard looks amazing. We went three weeks without rain. Three weeks. Looks amazing. Don't I think both of those are really good cheers. Um, one for the USL to apply a little bit of pressure to the rest of the professional soccer I, system yes, in America. Yes, and that's that's what this all bo- has to boil down to. Yeah. And it's it's we we don't care about profit, we care about letting our clubs compete and and letting our fans feel a little bit of ecstasy and so, joy. And I, I kind of disagree with that comment because yes, I think you have everything with the fans and, but from a business perspective, it is about making money. And I think if you can just make good business decisions and get the right people in place, you can have both is what I'm getting at. And I know that's like a perfect utopia, uh, but that's where I'm going with all this is that I, I love the relegation and the promotion. And I think you can have that and still have, uh, the correct people in place to allow everyone to be happy at the same time. You know, yes, there'll be some clubs that drop off, but those are mainly poorly run managed clubs for the most. So, part. so you are for promotion and relegation. Absolutely. Yes. I'm yes. absolutely for it. Yeah. All right. I but I think you, were... you can still be, pro- I think you can still be profitable with this. I don't think you have to be an MLS uh, salary capped company and, like, I think you can still be a profitable company based on your hires and then your scouting and creating like a Dortmund type effect. I like think so too, but Dortmund is in Bundesliga, which is the top tier of Germany's football pyramid. And I think regardless, you can only achieve a certain amount of success if you're in a lower tier league where I appreciate the idea of we're not we're here for the glory and the beauty of the sport more so than that profit of being at the top level where we're going to we're going to sacrifice some of the well-funded teams if they aren't succeeding and we're going to promote the quote unquote lower level teams if they're overachieving so for me, I, I I love the idea of the promotion relegation, regardless of profits, um, and and just letting the sport itself seep through and the quality seep through. But I mean, yeah, there's there's that balance of, so of the game, you know, of of the game and the profit. And it's, well, that's what I'm that's what I'm getting at. I'm not saying you can have 
you can't have one and not have the other. But I'm just saying that uh, I think I think you can still have this perfect promotion relegation and have owners that still make money. I think yeah. it, I think it'll all work itself out. There might be a few clubs that go under that maybe not would have had they not had the promotion relegation. But at the same time, I think it's uh, it's better for the sport as a whole to have people from the bottom working their way up to the top instead of just having a bunch of people at the top and a bunch of people in the middle and a bunch of people at the bottom. Yeah, bottom. stuck and stagnant. You yeah, know, you're absolutely. not segregated to these three levels. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, and yeah, that's all my that's all my cheers. Uh, the artificial turf thought that was great. I don't know. You like, you like uh, so turf so that that was the other one I want to get to. Um, I I love that cheer as well because uh, it it kind of goes into again like at one. I mean, the injury threat is is obvious and it's well documented and it's known. I, like that's a thing that is known in in American football as well as European football um like artificial turf has led to more injuries and to me that is just laziness of like you said you have the resources to water your pitches and keep them in good shape and it, it to me that's just a laziness and a um a, a cheapness of these so huge clubs to to be like yeah we're just going to install turf and we're not going to have you know we're going to cut our our groundskeeping staff in half and we're just going to have the pitch maintain itself and leo messi can come over here for 200 million dollars and tear his acl at 36 years old. oh my god can you or god forbid some 18 year old starlet tears his acl and his career's gone off the rails and it's 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 pure money over care and and do you have do you know uh percentage wise or do you have any sort of facts is england like how are their pitches like does a west ham or a full i can't think of a single english uh, i can't think of a single premier league field that i've seen that's turf yeah i'm assuming i don't even think championship the championship do and i'm trying to think of the other leagues maybe maybe a, a few spanish or french but i don't i can't I, think I can't of any think in of spain that, that, that have either yeah no yeah um and that's why yeah. i think that's no. a great cheer and and that's a really good shout um i i think that's a really good point to bring up and and i think that's a good stipulation to, to throw in there to apply a little bit more pressure as well where it's hey um i know your ads and your marketing and your jersey sales with Messi coming over are a big thing, but protect the players as well, who are essentially your cash crops as MLS franchise owners. Uh, do you have any booze? I do. Um, we <laughs> Let have me go a, first. We have quick. a shared boo, I think. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so my first boo is just for uh, the Deli Ali story that came out, and it's not for him coming out with the story. That's a, a definite cheer, in my opinion, but just that uh, – a lot of people, including myself, hated on Deli Ali for quite a while and just to realize mental health is crazy and uh, a lot going on in his life. And so, yeah, that's my boo. Yeah. Um, mine is a topic that we both wanted to discuss on the pod. Uh, heavy subject. 
And yeah, we're an hour and six minutes in, and it, I told I told you twenty two minutes on this boo probably. Yeah, yeah. But we'll, we'll maybe try to make it. I'd to I'd prefer to. It, it's not something you want to glaze past, but it's something I would prefer to glaze past because it is heavy. Um, but just the the Benjamin Mendy situation, and and not so much even the situation itself, but the conversation around it, the response to it from players, fans. Um, the cesspools of of the internet alike. Um, he was found innocent, and uh, you truly hope that he is as somebody who is. He he got a lot of public backing from prominent sports, yeah, like soccer players, like as far as like Vinicius Junior. and other Memphis people. Depay. Yes, like like guys who I don't even think have any relation to him, like through sports, you know, like they're just guys commenting on it. And it was very shocking to me. And uh, honestly, it was kind of sad at the same time. Yeah. Um, which again, you know, regardless, maybe innocent may not be, but the response to it again, um, who, who these people are kind of trying to turn this into some sort of a witch hunt, like, uh, trying to stoke fear, uh, a fear of women, um, like not well, it doesn't woman. even have to be women. Any any person that is coming up with an allegation and yeah. whatever you want to call it, uh, I I'm trying to I don't want to come up with the incorrect word, uh, but anyone who might come up with an allegation that is not accurate or true to this hundredth degree. Um, yeah. I don't want to say whistleblower or anything like that because that's not true. Um, but just for anyone like that that has an issue where they go to the police or they go to whoever and say, you know, whatever happened to them. And for this to happen to Eduardo, to Mendy that many times, like, know, yeah, just several instances. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's a delicate situation, obviously, but just, uh, there's there's a lot of responses immediately assuming that um all if not all the overwhelming majority of women who step forward are doing it as like a cash grab or some sort of weird attention seeking behavior when it's like this is a humiliating and deflating thing for for victims to come forward and and do this yeah. And um, with that being said, you know, uh, potentially, yeah, there, there, there could be false accusations out there, which is a terrible thing. And it holds women back who, who truly have been abused and it, it, it makes it even harder for them to come forward. But to see this response, this overwhelming response from men um, who immediately shut that down and just assume that these are false accusations and not even just assume that, but they want them to be false accusations. They're purposely trying very hard to paint them as false, false accusations. Um, just makes it harder and harder for women who will truly are victims to come forward in the future. Yeah. Um, I, and that's, I guess it's, and that's what's so shitty about it. I mean, there's colors to it. I don't, we're not saying who's right, who's wrong, but it's just, uh, yeah. is it, yeah, it's a bad situation, and it's going to only, I think, get worse from here on out. So, Yeah. Yeah, and there's there's some oh, pretty nasty yeah, details that, uh, as well. Just come forward. Uh, it's getting some closure. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, well, there's your boot. 
right there and we tried to make it under 20 we said 22 <laughs> but it's only been three minutes that's so yeah right so yeah so. um well yeah still we already... i will i've we've said it at least seven times on this podcast f mendy <laughs> like yeah. i still don't like the guy like i don't i know like, yeah, I mean, he's he's done some not so great things. Again, he was he was um, found innocent, but I mean, there there were some details. I'll I'll let anyone else look into whatever they want to, but there's just some details about his life um, outside of football where he's he's put himself into some not great situations and. Um, some situations that aren't very easy to defend and don't reflect very well upon him. And those conversations aren't really being brought to light. The conversation is around um, quote unquote, false accusations and yeah. uh, the women said, who quote said. unquote come forward with them. Yeah. Um, rather than taking both sides into it. So I, I guess that's all there is to say. Um, I don't know. It's a weird conversation to tiptoe around, but I think everyone probably understands kind of, where well, we're at, at that and i think there's still more to come so we we right. can't really judge one way or the other and so yeah you, i think you do kind of have to tiptoe around it a little bit further yeah. uh without drawing a hard line so yeah that's our women's world cup preview <laughs> starts, starts yeah, off what, a, what a week what a week to have this conversation about uh, no and that's just so but... upsetting and wow well, i hope hopefully we don't have to hear about this anymore but here we are but if we have to, we will cover it. Um, I wish we would have saved our cheers for the end. Enjoy the Women's World Cup. It's going to be really fun to watch uh, the matches that we can watch. Weird time zone situation, but um, looking forward to it. And that's all I got, Tobes. That's all I got, too. Cheers. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Brews and Belters. Uh, we're pumping new content. Uh, Toby's top three, Keegan called it. Uh, try not <laughs> top to three pictures of the week try not to be too inappropriate it's all soccer related too so that last or one of the one that was a dude scrolling in on the girl's butt that was legit at a like second tier <laughs> argentine league i want to say so shout out river platts just winning too by the way so shout out river platt always cheers yeah. cheers <laughs>